It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. And while I would start with some pithy, half-comedic bit at the beginning of the show, I don't think we can. It's solemn times, gentlemen. Coolio passing away at 59. We were just chatting about it right before we came on. I thought it would be proper to give Coolio his deserved send-off. Gangsta's Paradise, the Keenan and Kel theme song, so many others. Uh, this is not sarcastic at all. Coolio. I mean, Coolio had a great run on the nineties and I feel like, you know, as we were coming of age, he was, he was kind of one of the guys there as a, from a rap perspective that was, you know, doing his thing. So RIP to Coolio, any Coolio thoughts, the hair, gotta talk about the hair. The hair was, was maybe the best part about him. I mean, the, of obviously gangsta's paradise and the music video and all that. Someone said that no song, encapsulates a a a movie that it was made for except for maybe lose yourself than gangsta's paradise but phil yeah. collins and tarzan i mean just throw that one out uh, there yeah Classic. that yeah. is a really good song that, that was our, <laughs> that was our fifth grade graduation song and we sang yep. it to the parents and and every parent cried i'm sure also every school did that <laughs> i mean his name's coolio say no more fam Coolio. What about I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard? Or is that just an all-time song, not in relation I think all-time song. I don't think I ever saw the movie. I also refused to. see that one. That's an amazing song. An amazing song. It's also a cover. I was trying to think of any other good examples of what you just brought up, like what song just fits in right with the movie. That is a, I mean, the Gangsta's Paradise. And then the, we, we did talk about it, Amish Paradise. It also spawned <laughs> one of the great Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> parodies, which I, I think if you're like, if you're Coolio or you're Chameleonaire or you're someone that has put out a great single and also spawned an awesome Weird Al parody of it, I think that's a, that's a boon on your career. Like it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. What about See You Again for Fast Seven? You hate the Fast and Furious series. It's kind of sad. The only other one, uh, what about Staying Alive for uh, Saturday Night Fever? That's got to be in there. Banger of a song. Again, I don't think Before I ever saw the time. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Eye, of the, Eye of the Tiger, Rocky Three. That's, um, that's um, up there. Titanic, Heart Will Go People On. People forget that that's not from the first Rocky. They do forget. They very much forget that. That is couldn't be lesser than the first Rocky. The first Rocky is a very good movie. It's also like a very plodding, slow movie like drama and then they kind of all those the rest of the movies are kind of almost like pick up like action movies a little bit of time boxing is almost secondary in that correct. first movie correct Isn't and then it the becomes first, kind of more- it's a plot what's, device what's the montage for the rocky for rocky one isn't the, the oh, it's the classic no, montage yeah gonna fly now hearts on yeah. fire is rocky no four. hearts on fire is rocky four hearts on fire is rocky four that, that that's also a banger siberia i mean yeah couldn't be more siberia yeah. Yeah. Hearts on Fire is once they're just like really stretching out the music for those movies. Mm-hmm. The first Rocky is the classic. Oh, like yeah. it's the it's the gonna fly now, the first gonna fly now. And then the gonna fly now mm-hmm. kind of picks up with a little more of like a California version in uh in Rocky three when they when he, he trains with Apollo. And then mm-hmm. Rocky Four, Hearts on Fire is a jam. <laughs> There's a lot of good music in Rocky Four. There's also I'm, great movie, great music in the Creed movies as well. I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, but 
the Space Jam song for Space Jam. You're not the biggest fan of the first Space, Space Jam. Space Jam's a great movie. And, and, and I, I, think I don't know a, what. I think it's a fine movie. Oh, this is. I don't this know is a where, little... where what the knock is on Space Jam. I yeah, I would like to know the critique here. I don't know. It just never really struck with me like it struck with other kids. But again, Were you the... a miserable child, or what was your situation no, there? No, I had a, I had a, a very wonderful childhood. But the song—that's what I'm talking about. The song with the movie. I'm a little is... speechless about you saying that's just like a fine <sighs> movie when you're a kid. That's a stunning take that I'm shocked is not. I'll be honest, here. your credibility on the Coolio discussion. And the '90s is kind of, it's kind of taking a hit here. Uh, what do you mean? You uh, I, what I th- where I thought you were going to go there is you were going to go heel and just say LeBron's version of Space Jam was better. I've said that multiple times, but that's just more of as of a, as a troll move. Okay, good. If I, mean, I, I that better be fine. I thought both movies were fine. The second movie stinks. The first movie is good. I don't think it stinks. It's more of a family it's, movie. It stinks. I don't think so. Wow. What does that even mean? It's more of a more of a family movie. What's the first Space Jam? Isn't? Yeah, what's the first Space Jam movie like The Godfather? Like, what are you talking about? No, no, because it's more That's about just a crutch. It's just a no. It's more it's about just you a know, way of saying I had nothing more to offer. No, he's talking about his his he's it's basically talking about his kids in real life. He's basically talking about Bronny and with Maximus or whatever his name is. Jordan Charles, the 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 scene where the guys try to get their powers back essentially and go through and Charles Barkley is in the mental hospital. That is and he's like out on the court. Sean Bradley and and block my shot. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. It really happened. And then it just says, maybe that's why he can't (laughs) submit. That is an unbelievable scene. And that's just one scene in the movie. I also Larry's haven't not, seen the movie in like Larry's not years, Larry's so. not white. Larry's clear. I mean, there's a lot of good lines oh, in that movie. That, that is a funny line. Yeah. And then you have all the Looney Tunes, some good Looney Tunes back and forth. That's just a bad take. That might be the worst take you've ever thrown out on this show. That the movie was fine. Yeah. It's just a good. I'm not shitting movie. on it. I'm not like giving it two mm. thumbs down. It's awesome. Nostalgia as well. Why Let's we'll, underselling it. Yeah, we'll move past that, but that's we'll I'll allow the listeners to to blame you on that one. Um, we're coming off of uh, Ravens win over the Patriots. Uh, lots to get to here. We'll get to Ravens. We'll get to Orioles. We have a starting five of sports slang, sports lingo, sports lingo. I think it was the what we settled on. So we have that coming up as well. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. As I said, win over the New England Patriots. Go back to our instant analysis from Sunday to get the full rundown of that ball game from really from Banks and RDT because at that point I had not watched the game. The Ravens now move into, I would say, the measuring stick of the early part of the season as they host the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Um and we finish the the run through the AFC East here to start the year. Um, let's put a bow on Ravens Patriots. I, I, you know, obviously there wasn't much for me to say on Sunday because I hadn't watched the game. I feel like my overall thought is though coming out of it is it's always going to be tough to beat the Patriots in Foxborough, and so some of the struggles to me are not as concerning. Uh, we need the defense to play much better this weekend to beat the bills, but I'm almost just happy to have gone into new England and gotten out of there with the win. The Ravens had never beaten the Patriots there in the regular season, obviously done it a few times in the playoffs, but it never gone there and beat them in the regular season. So to do that 
after what happened last week, great bounce back. I don't know if we emphasize that enough during the instant analysis because we were, you know, you were talking, we were talking about, you know, play to play, drive to drive type of stuff, but good bounce back win for the guys to go on the road and beat a team that's hard to beat. That's well, normally well coached. Um, and that's got a, you know, a defense that was supposed to be pretty solid. Uh, we didn't even talk about Matt Judon and that, that whole thing uh, at all, but so good win. That would be my that would be my kind of closing thought on that. But I don't know what you guys what your guys thoughts are reflecting back. You know, seventy two hours later, essentially. Uh, Matthew got put on his keister a few times. Patrick Ricard was a wrecking ball all day. And we, you know, we talked about Nick Boyle a little bit going into the game. I know I talked about it with Bobby Trossett. I did a little pregame stream with him. Um, Nick Boyle only played four snaps, but we had attitude back in our run game as if he was on the field the whole time. Um, Ricard was just a wrecking ball uh, going through the middle, um, setting up blocks on the edge, and Lamar was able to have his way on the ground in a way that we haven't really seen him have hardly at all other than that big touchdown run that he had when, obviously, Miami just kind of challenged him at the line of scrimmage and said, hey, if you run past us, you run past us. Um, Really encouraging sign to see. Um, I feel like in these instant analysis, we just – we take a bit to touch on Lamar, and then we just kind of say our thing about him when he plays a great game, we just kind of move on instead of, like, really just stay there and appreciate just how good this guy's been for three games so far. And it's reminiscent, and people are all over the place are making the comparisons with him and the 2019 version of Lamar Jackson. And they're also using Jalen Hurts now as – comparing him to 2019 Lamar Jackson, not really comparing the two at the moment, which is a little interesting. Um, but he played just just a phenomenal game, like PFF and all these different metrics and EPA per play. Like across the board, he's playing as probably the best quarterback in the league, um, adding the rushing yards on top of it. He's the MVP through three weeks, but I don't want to start that conversation yet until he goes and wins a big game like this weekend. I think I am apprehensive to, t- to say the Ravens are, you know, back and they're Super Bowl contenders or what have you till they go and beat a great team like the Bills potentially this weekend. Um, and that's where I think I'm just on hold until we see that happen on Sunday and then it's off to the races with expectations for me if we are able to win as three and a half point dogs at home here. I would agree. I mean, the Lamar run has been tremendous so far. Um, leading the league in passer rating, 100 yards the last two weeks on the ground. The, you, you said it all. And the eye test has been, you know, cool and composed. You know, there's smarter football people out there than me that you can find, like our friend Spencer, who can break down, you know, how good he's been both under center and in the shotgun and developing as a passer. And all that type of stuff is there if you really want to deep dive on it. But this is a huge game. I mean, this is this is a Sunday night football game if this doesn't align with, with Mahomes versus Brady. Um, and it's potentially the two marquee young quarterbacks in the league in whatever order you want to say them in. Um, besides Mahomes, who's obviously, you know, playing Brady on Sunday night. I think that, you know, a lot is going to be made about the Ravens defense this week and shutting down Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and all these different guys. But as you said, Banks, I mean, this is a performance that if Lamar Jackson come out and 
right some wrongs from, you know, it won't totally right it from the playoff game a couple of years ago, you know, in Buffalo where he really, really struggled for a lot of that game. But if he can come out and put together another one of these performances against, you know, the odds on favorite in the AFC and out duel Josh Allen, as you said, I think that's when the MVP narrative truly starts. Um, Cause that's a marker of a game. It's a game that everyone's going to be watching and he might have to put up 40 plus points in this game, <laughs> depending on what kind of Ravens defense shows up. And it's a Bills defense that's certainly um, not bad and has a lot of guys on that side that can that can really play. So that's going to be a tough task, but he's going to need help. I think the Ravens are really going to need their running backs, whether it's Justice Hill, whether it's a maybe a game under his belt, J.K. Dobbins to give Lamar some help in this game on the ground. I don't think they can win this game again with their running backs, not giving them more than they've given the last three weeks. I think I feel like I said that every week, but you're right. This is a, this is certainly an early marker um, where the Ravens can really make a statement as an AFC contender. If they can win this game at home and you, I mean, I don't think I have to say this, the place is going to be on fire. I mean, it's absolutely going to be on fire. And so they, the Ravens really need to, especially after what happened at home two weeks ago, really have to come out and protect the bank this week. You know, that's the the most simple way to say it. Like you got to win your home games, but when you bring teams in your building that you're maybe going to see later down the road in bigger games, you got to take care of them, take, hopefully take care of them in this spot. And this is going to be a tough game. I mean, this is going to be, I'm just excited to watch the football game. There's two offenses that if they're humming could be just back and forth fireworks. So it should be fun. No, I think one of the big factors, and this is going to develop as the week goes on, is we got this tropical storm that's kind of looming. It's kind of coming into the area. We're going to catch the remnants of it a little bit. And we could get like a really ugly, windy, rainy football game. You know, we had all that wind up in Buffalo in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, that played a huge part in a game that, I mean, you look at the two rosters, it probably should favor us, and we didn't come ahead in that one. Um it's, you know, the over-under is like 52, but that's going to start dropping. Um, yeah, it's going to turn it into a potential ground game, and it just goes to show how important these running backs are going to have to be for us to, you know, we need to take that next step forward at the right time. Now, the Bills are not running the football well at all in their own right, so it could turn into a bit of a rock fight. Um, we'll see how the two teams kind of deal with it how they try to take shots downfield because the shots are going to be there either way. It's a matter of whether you're going to be able to complete them and take advantage of them. So um, that's just something I'm monitoring as the week goes on. And I think a lot of people will be too. Well, also, I mean, it, it may resemble that. What was it? The week one game, 2018 versus the bills. Remember when the, the, and the Ravens won, what 47, not, not, not the team, yeah. but the weather. I mean, that was a, that was it was a disgusting game wasn't that the opening week i don't remember the weather being weird for that one. Oh, i think I it was like i think it was like smoking a them disgustingly gross downpour i believe so yeah because it was like what was it 44 to 3 or something or like it, it was something like that that was the nathan peterman. i remember nathan peterman came in and who's the um, um who's the running back who broke his leg and and got got arrested near the uh he got arrested near the, the facility with weed i think Alex Collins. Was that have anything to do with that game? Or I think he was that he was the Ravens starting running back that game. Like that's because I just remember being like, oh, it's gonna pour. I have to pick him in all these fantasies. And he was awful. 
it was really bad. I don't know. Maybe just, it was that season. I don't know. I think so. Um, when I think of just gross football games and I think about two great teams going at it, I think about Ravens 49ers from 2019. Yeah, I do. Was, I, I, you know, I JT that. with maybe a 48-yarder or so in the rain at the buzzer. So um, just could be a weird one. Could be could be a big, you know, middle of the field between the seams, you know, tight ends playing a big part, and that plays into our favor. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see this team face some adversity because I think back to that game in 2020 in Buffalo and how the weather kind of affected that one. JT literally had a kick that went through the uprights and blew back out. Just mm-hmm. I can never stop talking about that. It's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in my life. Um, this team is going to have to win in some gnarly weather probably in January and February, and this is an opportunity to get better at it. Real quick, I think it was Glenn Clark who asked this question, and it's a very interesting question. He said, "Would you? who would you rather have on your team, Mark Andrews or Stefan Diggs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough to ask that in a vacuum because yes, on because the Ravens, you would rather surrounding have Mark them, Andrews. Throwing the ball. Who is- and if I'm – the bills. I like how my offense works with Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm biased. I love Stefan Diggs. So I would rather have Stefan Diggs really just almost for the content on the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> just be unbelievable interactions. Um, type one diabetics. Is that what people are saying? For the turfs. Is that what people are saying? Yeah. That's, about me? that's what already. Like. Yeah. I'm already hearing it out the window here. I had not heard that. I'll have to, I'll have to address that publicly tomorrow. I don't think I, I think I need to go talk with my people before you, I, you a, have the opportunity to address it now. No, I like type, type one diabetics. I always have. I've always said that. So you show favor favoritism towards type one diabetics. I don't show favoritism towards anybody except for Taylor Swift. Okay, that's a good point. And um, my family. <laughs> um, and my 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 real sure no one's ever had that transition in the history of podcasting. Well, I don't think I would take Stefan. I just don't think. I would it would be interesting to see what Stefan Diggs and Lamar Jackson were as a team. I think that's more interesting than Mark Andrews and Josh Allen. Josh but I just Allen. think every I just think everybody was with Lamar Jackson is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and I love this is the actually the not to totally roll over your question here and you guys can answer. I love Josh Allen. I love watching him play. I think he's tough. I think he's a good leader. I think his teammates really like him. It's so awesome that he's ended up on the Bills, which is a team that has just yearned for Diggs is almost the same way that has just yearned for stars. And they have two just absolute star stars. Like those guys are, you know, box office, the way they play, the way they carry themselves, the way they perform in big games. Their friendship together too. Their like. friendship together. It's just like a it's there Buffalo is a hard team to root against as a I think we've talked about this before. It's like a hard team to root against as an AFC rival. Because you're so happy. Baltimore and Buffalo, it's almost like a similar your smaller market teams that really like embrace it. And Buffalo doesn't even have I mean they have the Sabres, but you know, I think I don't know. Baltimore cares more about the Orioles than maybe Buffalo cares about the Sabres. I'm just saying that totally out of pocket, but the bills just seems like a religion there. And I just think Josh Allen has totally bought into that. He's just going to play there forever. It's kind of cool. So I just love watching him play. And that's why I just, if I was a neutral, this would be the, this is the game of the, this is more, if I was a neutral, this is more of the game of the week to me than Brady Mahomes. This is just, I'd rather turn this game on and watch these two guys go back and forth. But to answer your question, I would take digs. I don't know what you guys would say. I think Eric posed the question or 
said the piece perfectly. It's if you got Lamar, it's Andrews, work the middle of the field, the seams, all those things that he has to offer. And, you know, an offense that operates under two tight ends, all those types of things. And yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, like name, name just like the most baseline quarterback you can think of. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or, no, yeah. The, the, answer, the answer is Kirk Cousins. That's probably Kirk Cousins. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I'd probably take Stefan Diggs. I just, I, and I also thought, because it's also like, a, you know, it comes from, well, a tight end, you know, you get him in there blocking more, and, and it's just stuff like that, where it's like he's kind of an extension of the line, and Again, it kind of just depends on what you're running and who you're who you're. I wonder if you asked are. Ryan Tannehill who he'd rather have on his team, Mark Andrews or Stefan Diggs. He wouldn't he would throw he would overthrow them both, so it doesn't matter. It, it's, we're talking to a guy that had AJ Brown. What do we I mean what but, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, and he, and he threw and he threw three interceptions with AJ in the game on my birthday to ruin it. But specifically, specifically to ruin your birthday, he did. It is. It, I mean, those two, those two guys are dynamic. I mean, they're going to be huge parts of the game. How the Ravens deal with Diggs, um, and you know, is it the Marlon Humphrey show with them? Are they switching in between Peters and Humphrey? Um, you know, Stefan Diggs is interesting because uh, maybe. Jamar Chase, who you're worried is going to take you, take you the distance every play. Stefan Diggs is just going to methodically just beat you down, like 15-yard gain here, 30-yard gain here, 6-yard gain for a first down here. like, And then you're just like, oh, my God, he has 11 catches for 133 yards and two touchdowns. And three and touchdowns just, on Monday night against your team. Yeah, yeah. It, but, but none of them – I mean, he had the play over the top against Tennessee, mm-hmm. but – most of the time, it's not like throw it to him. It's different, a little different than like college digs where throw it to him 15 yards down the field and he breaks it for 80. Like he had the potential to do that. He's just in the NFL, he's a supreme route runner technician that just abuses guys if they're not in the right position. And, you know, the Ravens certainly got badgered by Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. Um, so they have, and they didn't have to deal with a special receiver against the Jets or the, um, or the Patriots. So this is a week for them to kind of prove they can deal with one of those supreme wide receiver talents. Thankfully, they don't have another one on the other side. Like it's a Waddle and Hill combination in, in Miami. But I was going to say Diggs and Waddle. Waddle kind of just seems like a bigger Diggs. Where like, again, they're both like very good route runners. You get them in space and they're just super, super dangerous. Um, but then one of the other things, and Taylor, you kind of talked about it too. Von Miller versus the offensive line especially with with McCary being out what is that at least a couple I mean he's not playing this game in a couple of weeks that's gonna be I I think the I mean von Miller has the he still has the the skills to just absolutely wreck a game plan and like get in there so he you know him lining up versus whoever on that offensive line I think is that that has to be a frightening thought for any Ravens fan just being like this guy, could and should like absolutely just eat these linemen punch. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're, what the Ravens are doing at left tackle is going to be a huge, huge part of the game. And and I'm also I'm also very very much hoping we get some sort of mic'd up segment if we end up with Marcus Peters on Stefan Diggs because that I feel like could be a very very interesting well, conversation. Humphrey, Humphrey and Diggs is going to be the same thing if those guys are chatting. Yeah, but Marlon doesn't seem like Marlon seems like a more of like a joking around. 
Yeah, like like I want that that true like that trash talk that I feel like we could get with Peters and Diggs. Marlon will like ask him if he likes mac and cheese or like something something funky like that. It would certainly be fun. Um, want to go through some injuries here? Michael Pierce definitely going to be out. Torn bicep, I believe, is the diagnosis there. Um, so that's tough for the Ravens defensive line depth. Um, Pierce is just a really solid player that does the job every single week, seemingly. Um, the Ronnie Stanley stuff was interesting, but I can't imagine he's going to play. He still seems a little ways away, but you never know. Full participant. I don't know. I don't know. When you think that they want to get him a few of those before. Yeah. I guess it depends on what I mean, you do tomorrow. It's Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah. Your guys didn't practice today were 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 Jalen Arbor Davis, who was a personal reason. Clayus Campbell arrested, Marcus Peters arrested, Patrick McCarry, Justin Houston, um, Michael Pierce, and then James Prochet and Ronnie Stanley were both hurt last week, full participants, JK Dobbins Limited. Um, and then the other big story that we have to get into is Jason Pierre Paul. Um, brought in wearing number four, which I know caused some consternation to the Sam Cook uh, truthers out there. But, uh, you know, gives the Ravens another piece from a pass rushing standpoint and no better time to have them as they try to deal with Josh Allen. Thoughts on the JPP signing for the boys? I mean, we got to have even warm bodies, but he's one who knows what he's doing. He's, you know, he's, in his 13th season, so you're getting potentially a shell of what he used to be, but he's been on Super Bowl winning teams. You know, he's accomplished a lot in this league. And even if even if he's just playing 20, 25 snaps a game and he's just kind of giving somebody a spell, he's at least a presence in the locker room to kind of help those guys, especially like a David Ojabo coming out coming out and starting his career. And um when he comes out and is ready to play, like that could be a nice little platoon that they got going there. You know, I think last year, I think that loss to the Rams was JPP's first playoff loss ever. I think that was his stat where like, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, every time he went with the giants, they won the super bowl. He went with the bucks the one year and they won the super bowl. So yeah, he's like, what does that mean? Nine and eight and one, nine and one in the playoffs. Something like that. Yeah. Three super bowl. He, mm. I was going to say he may be a Hall of Fame. He'll get, he may get votes for Hall of Fame. He, he'll get mentioned, but it's his total sack number. He, I mean, he, I think he maybe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he had some good I years. Guess around there. I have no idea. He even had some good years. What I, I think like two or three years ago with the, with the Bucks. So he's, I mean, again, they're, they're, they, that's not the guy that they're trying to get is the Giants guy or, you know, anything like that. Because sacks. like you said, 91 and a half. 91 and a half. Yeah. One, one all one all pro selection, three Pro Bowls. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but no, he's certainly but, a very, very good NFL player. But he's one of those guys where they'll 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 go like, well, you look at it. I mean, he, you know, three Super Bowls and, and he only lost one playoff game and blah, blah, blah. But mm. I mean, he's a Hall of Very Good. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a very, very good decade-long NFL player. John Harbaugh said today that they're not sure if I believe it was we'll see was the quote on whether JPP will actually play this weekend. On Stanley, it is a very interesting quote. I think it's a priority to go back out there and be at his best when he comes back. At the same time, he's going to jump in at some point. It could be this week. That's a big, that's a big 
Huh? That but says we'll to me that one side, whether it be the player or the team, has one mentality and the other side has the other mentality. That's what I'm seeing out of that. And if I had to lean a certain way, the team is ready to put him out there, and it's Ronnie Stanley that is not willing to just quite yet put himself out there. I think that is probably the right way to read the quote because I think if the team was holding him out, I think they would just say, we're being cautious with Ronnie Stanley. That would be the quote. Mm-hmm. We're just being cautious yep. with Ronnie. Ronnie's ready to get back out there, but we just want to make sure he's back to full health by the time he's out there. That's what I feel like you would say if you were the team holding him out. Yeah, absolutely correct. So, I mean, we'll see if he plays. And if he doesn't, the, yeah. Then, eh. Because easily, if 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 he just switches it from, I think it's a priority for him to go out there and beat his best. By just leaving that out, it leaves a little bit to be. But if you just put that, I mean, not just changing the quote, but like at the same at the same time, feels like, well, if he just did what we told him, he would just be out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we'll see. Uh, the the overall sentiment though is. If he doesn't feel like he should be out there, like don't go out there. Don't go play in an NFL game if you don't feel comfortable playing in an NFL game. Yeah. I mean, all power, all all power to the guy. I mean, Against don't go Miller. out there. Yeah. I hope that, yeah, don't. I think, you know, if any Ravens fans out there be like, oh, Ronnie Stanley, like what a wuss. Like get out there if you're ready. Like, I mean, it's this guy's body. I'm, and thankfully, I haven't seen a lot of that. There hasn't been like a lot of Ronnie Stanley slander um, in terms of him not playing. But hopefully he's out there. Hopefully he's out there. Um, if he's not, McCarry's coming off a sprained ankle. Hopefully he's back. But is is uh, he back? I thought that he was. I figured it's that a sprained he was- ankle, so I would not think he would be back after one week. But they don't. They haven't given him official an official designation for the game at this point. I would assume they'll just list him as questionable, mm-hmm. doubtful. Um, but there are no designations given, at least in the injury report I'm staring at right now. So yeah, I know. Uh, and, and I mean, the Bills injury list is. Someone said it looked very Ravens last week. Like it's very long. It's huge. So very, very long. If Gabe Davis plays, like he's a huge, I think he did he play last week. I think so. Yeah. I mean, their guy, their guys, some of the notable guys like Gabe Davis, Ed Oliver's on their injury report. Dawson Knox is on their injury report. Von Miller's on their injury report. I believe Von Miller's is a veteran rest thing, though. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've got, they just signed um, Xavier Rhodes. Um, to throw in there if they have to. So they're kind of all over the place. They have a lot of they have a lot of guys on the injury report. So could be a survival of the fittest in Baltimore on, on Sunday. Um, predictions for this one. Thanks. Ravens twenty four, oh Bills twenty one. The podcast only listeners, Banks just put his head into his hand as he thought about that. That looked that looked painful. JT for the win. I will go. Eric. I'll say. I'll say 42-35. Bills. I think it's a high scoring puppy. And I think I think the Bills just kind of. I think they just get it done somehow, some way. I think this is going to be an excellent game. I think the Bills win 31-28. I think the Bills win 31-28. I think it's going to be the game of the weekend. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game to watch. Announcers. Saw, I saw you, this earlier this week. You I saw it. Have, you guys have both seen it? I've seen it. 
send Jim Nance and Tony Romo to the bank. I love Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. I actually think I like them better as game callers. But give this game respect it deserves over it, from your number one broadcast crew over Packers Patriots. Where where were not where 2015? Were, where were Nance and, and Romo last week? They were um oh man, it was the game that they should not have been at. It was an awful game. Um, they were at um oh gosh. Um I remember hearing them during red zone being like, What the hell is going because all all those games were on Fox. So they were stuck with like some Peace Colts, maybe was it? Yes, yes, it was. And that's where I was like, what, like, what do we, I get the chiefs. I get it. And like, so they will have called Ryan going into the year, but it's like, what do we do it? They will have called Patriot that game, this Patriots game, the week one, they called Bengals Cowboys or week two, excuse me, Bengals Cowboys. And week one, they called Kansas city Cardinal Arizona. They haven't really even called the best game of the week on their network every week. I don't understand. Like CBS has no good games. Like they, I mean, what are they doing? They have the best Jeff game. Of Bezos the weekend. is is sucking some of these other networks dry. Well, and they're giving Monday Night Football better games because they have Buck and Aikman. They're giving Monday Night Football better games than they did before. Like Giants Cowboys is a game that's been on Sunday Night Football every single year. Yeah, it, was that has, it has to stop. It has to. What? I think there should Giants, be a moratorium Cowboys. on NFC East primetime games for one year. Just cancel them all. Not a single game. Same, mm. same with um, NFC, NFC North. Like I don't need Bears Packers. I don't. Yeah, we that don't. always yeah. makes that always makes that prime particular. Time that game stinks. Or the like, Bears, the Bears are one of the true disappointments in the NFL. It is would be so much more fun if they were good, and they just suck every single year. Mm-hmm. Like they, they always have to be on prime time because it's the Bears. They're in, like Dolphins Bengals is a very good Thursday night game for Bezos. Not that I'm sure they maybe predicted the Dolphins would be this good. Um, CBS's best game. I love talking about TV. CBS's best game of next week is. Bop, 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 bop. I'm sure this is riveting, riveting radio. They don't have anything good the next week either. Their best game is. One o'clock, Steelers Bills. Maybe no, that's not even a good. I mean, Ooh, week six they get Bills Chiefs though. Yeah, whatever. Moving on, Baltimore Orioles. Is it over, RDT? Yeah, I think it's over. Um. They lost tonight 3-1, and, and you guys know me and Banks. We had this conversation earlier today about the whole Brandon Hyde and the and, – and I, I think I went on last week saying, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a lineup truther or anything like that. The lineup tonight was very, very bad. I, I could not not say anything. but It was really tough for me to say what I said last night and then have that lineup put out there. Yeah, yeah, it was. was, it was I was, and really, it's a lineup card we talked about last week. The lineup card reactions of every day mm-hmm. is the thing that bugs me the most. In-game pitching decisions also bug me because when a guy, when the starter goes two and two thirds, like what the fuck do you expect the manager to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, his hands are tied. He's got to put somebody in that's you know 
that you, you don't want find in that a way spot. to get through six innings. Yeah. So, but continue. Sorry. No, no. I mean, it's it's. I I, I think now we're we're truly into that. Like, well. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And again, I mean, they're 80 and let me see, what are they at now? They're 80 and 75. So, and I know that, that the Mariners have lost yesterday. So they're four back. They're four back at Seattle. But again, they've lost two straight. They're four and six in their last 10. It's just like that. Taylor, you've said it for a couple months now, like that 10 and two, 13 and three kind of run that they needed to go on just never developed. Um and, and, you know, I, I mean, you can't expect the team to just, Hey, you need to win 10 out of your next 12 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it just seems like we kind of had, we kind of had this like, Oh, we think they're done like two or three weeks ago talk. And then they kind of slowly kind of climb back up and then they, they've just kind of come back down. Well, they've just kind of sat there between being five out and three out. That, yeah. That's where they've sat. And when they're three out, you feel like they can get back in it if they win like five or six straight. And to be honest with you, all of these teams in front of them have given them chances. Like mm-hmm. the Mariners have won their lost their last two. Here's all these teams in their last 10. Tampa Bay's five and five. Toronto's five and five. Seattle's three and seven. And the Orioles are four and six. If they could, if they have got, could have found a seven and three stretch in, in 10 games, they're right there with Seattle, who has mm-hmm. who lost a series to the Royals. He's losing games to the Rangers. I they mean, have Julio Rodriguez on the IL now. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're these, these, it's not like the Orioles got just, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like maybe these teams are just running away from the Orioles. Like Toronto's playing good baseball, but all these teams have sputtered and the Orioles have done nothing to 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 sort of jump on it and make it happen and they've run out of gas but like that that's the actually the most frustrating part is it and it's not like it's not for lack of trying they easily could have swept houston they're in both those saturday and sunday games could have won them both um probably should have won saturday and if they figure out a way to do that we're sitting here and there may be one game out of from Seattle. And we're, this is a totally different conversation, but they haven't been able to capitalize. Yeah. I mean, that Saturday game that we were there, that was a total absolute just kicking the dick. That's, that's one of the ones that's a loss where you, you look in the mirror and you're just like, that's, I mean, you had it, you, you had it in the grasp of your hand and you go into that game Sunday where you're like, Hey, we can sweep these guys and absolutely put on an absolute clinic. And, and, you know, I mean, I was at the game Thursday night with Bradish, eight and two thirds, a perfect game, I think, into the sixth. Like, it was unbelievable. And you kind of have this feeling like, like this could, this could start something. Um, and then again, they win Friday, that Saturday game. I mean, I mean, if Felix Bautista throws a fastball instead of, I think, the splitter, like it's Kyle Tucker couldn't touch his fastball. And for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know who called the pitch, but he didn't throw it and he laced it in the right field. They scored four in the, you know, in that ninth, and that was it. And then, and then the the extra inning debacle on on Sunday. I mean, you kind of had a feeling that that was it too. That like the if they if they didn't take three out of four completely sweep, like you said, and they they should have. Um, they a hundred percent should could have and should have done that. Um, I, I do think that's all she wrote. Uh, three to one loss tonight with the, with a lineup again that wasn't great. Chirinos had the only run, which was a home run to dead center. So I mean. Up until this game, I mean, they're hitting. Would they score, uh, you know, eight, nine last night, like fifth, 14 the night before? So the guys are swinging it. It's just, it doesn't seem like it. Like an MLB network, Baltimore starters, 736 ERA in, in their last five games. That's it right there. I mean, 
you know, the pitching is kind of coming back down. Bullpen is meh. It's whatever. But yeah, I think, I think that uh, this is all she wrote on the 2020, uh, what year is it? 2022 Orioles. And again, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not like a hang your head. Like this sucks. I mean, again, it's still a great season. Anyone who says like, well, this, this season sucks because we could have been in the playoffs. Like I get it. But again, this team is supposed to win 62 games. And they're going to win 85, hopefully 83, 84, something like that. So it's, I, I do think they've run out of gas though, but again, it's hard to blame them. It's a lot of young guys playing a lot of baseball for the first time in their life. So, it, you know, I don't really know what you can expect from, from guys like that. It, yeah, it's, it's only frustrating in the sense that they had a chance, but when you look back on it, it'll be great. I'm going to, I'm going to, can you guys fill time here as I, I have a rant to go on about the fan base, but I need you guys to fill time while I plug my computer in. Can we, there's some technical behind the scenes things. Sure. He's going to go off Ryan. about the fan base. Huh? The thing that's like, you, you said it well about how the, the Mariners kind of opened a window for us here. Um, well, state of 11 and we've kind of floundered to, the reason why it's especially over is that the Mariners are playing some dog shit teams all at home here. To Their out. schedule is insane. It's just the A's, Mariner, or uh, I don't even remember. I think the Rangers and some other dog shit team they here at home. So um, they might lose tonight and they might fall back to three and a half. And what is it? Eight games left? Something like that. I, think I so. mean, I guess it's not mathematically over by any means, but at the same time, it just feels like it's over. Now I'm interested the Tides finished their season, and and there's – you look at the timeline, there's one – potentially one Grayson Rodriguez start. Do we even bother? I, I, I don't hate the idea of getting his feet wet, bringing him up, you know, because, again, it's like, do you do it now? Or do you do it potentially next year, opening day weekend, which I think – I think they open it the season with the Yankees. So it's like, all right – you send him to New York to make a, you know, a start in front of a packed, packed Yankee stadium, or do you do it now when, you know, well, I guess his next start would be, when did he start last night? That may his be next it. start could be at a packed Yankee a stadium, packed Yankee stadium <laughs> but looking to see Aaron judges 62nd home run. So that's kind of a moot point, but um, I don't I know, I mean, wait I, and just throw him out in the last series against Toronto in front of the home fans. You could just wait. That, I mean, that would be that would be great too. I think that would that Six would be seven really, days rest or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Orioles want to get some extra tickets at the gate or something like that, hell yeah, bring them up, announce them. You know. You well, them. speaking of extra tickets to the gate. Oh yeah. All right, go off. I mean, I I don't want to like go off, go off. I was in. I went on Friday, and I'm not a guy that's going to a million Orioles games, so it's certainly not my place to sit here and be like, why is everyone not at the game? But I was I would have just thought walking in there on Friday that there were going to be a few more people there as the Orioles like have their last stand in the card. Now, I can't totally blame a fan base that's like gotten beaten down year after year after year. But in a world where it's like a beautiful fall night, it's like in the mid 60s, you throw a sweatshirt on. You should be pretty comfortable for most of the night. Maybe maybe you maybe tap out early if you're feeling a little cold. I just expected more than twenty two thousand five hundred forty six announced. I, I, I like. I was in there and there was just like no atmosphere really in there for a team that's like has exciting players and everyone's been asking them for these guys and for them to play hard and be competitive. And you have the best team in the American league in your building with two weeks to go. And you're still a little bit in the playoff race. You know, it ended up being like 20, it's 24,000 on Sunday about it was less. 
on the uh, for the Brooks Robinson game, which I'm sure they were, you know, it was fan appreciation weekend. The Orioles did that whole thing. And then in those two Tigers game, I know the Tigers suck for all those attendances to be around 10,000. I mean, I know the fan base has gotten beaten down, but God, I, I just am stunned that there's not more people at the park the last like week, two weeks of teams there. I guess it shouldn't be because the team got beat down. But I just was like in the stadiums, like, where is everybody for the game? I would have expected 28 to 30,000, not even that many more, but just like a little more full, a little bit more environment in there. Just really wasn't there. And that just shows you how far the Orioles still have to come to convince people to get in there because this isn't like, you know, around 80 win team. And yeah, way worse teams around the league putting more people in the ballpark day in and day out than the Orioles. So, you know, that's why it goes back to like when you, you know, when you tank this long, you have to deal with the consequences. So it's not necessarily a call out of the fan base, more of just like, a, I'm just shocked people weren't excited to go to those games. So you know, I more than they were. So I went on Saturday, like I said, and I talked to one of my friends in PR and I said, because you and I had talked, I think Friday night or Saturday morning about the attendance and stuff like that. And I said to her, I said, I said, so last night was a little light, wasn't it? And she was like, yeah, we didn't expect that. Like we thought a ton more people would show up. And again, I was there. So I, when, when I was there Thursday night, that's right. You and I did text. I texted you and I was like, where is everybody at this game? Yeah. Which, which makes sense. Um, and again, when I was there Thursday night was the gunner t-shirt night pulling into the stadium. I had never, I hadn't seen that many people walking in, in a long time. Like I got one of the parking passes and we, so we parked in like lot B or C or whatever. And we went back there and I mean, there were people forever walked. There were a ton of people. And I'm like, this is going to be an insane crowd. This is going to be great. And then we get in there and there was, there was, it was 16,000. I looked it up at the end of the game. They announced like, oh. 16,000. Yeah. I said, that seemed a little light. I was like, I just, I, I really thought there was a lot more people. And then again, we, I talked to my friend on Saturday and I said, what's up with this? And she's like, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know. If um, if she said, we don't know if college football, cause this was Saturday. She said, we don't know if people are going to come out for college football or stuff like that. Like, you know, I said, well, Maryland played, you know, at noon or one o'clock or like that you know, game's over. Not that, not that people aren't going in the tur- to Orioles games because college to Terps are on or college football is on, you know, it's not like it's a diehard, you know, college football town or anything like that, but it's definitely not. And she said, you know, I, we really were expecting a lot more people friday and i said well you know we'll see how saturday is and i forget what saturday's number was do you have that because that was the brooks robinson day. saturday was, was lower like, saturday was lower than friday 22 546 friday was 22 833 so nominally lower not i mean it's the same crowd essentially well and and again it was brooks day you had trey obviously coming back um which he didn't play saturday early his and it was beautiful out on saturday awesome like awesome beautiful weather. Yep. So yeah, awesome weather. Um, and again, like you said, a little chilly, but like I was sitting in left field in the bleachers without a sweatshirt on. It was like, this is fine. The second you walked underneath on the concourse, it was windy. It was cold and all that. But you, when you were out, you know, on the field, it was fine. And, and, um, you know, the people I was talking to, they, they said that they were like, yeah, we don't, you know, we kind of just thought more people would be here. And again, it was a giveaway and, I don't know what Sunday's attendance was. I know that was a, a hat giveaway and stuff like that. Um, I do think little- that, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, that's fine. It's, it, again, I thought it would be higher. The, 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 the Brooks thing and the crowd, I think was really, really good on Saturday too. Like the videos and stuff they put out of Brooks was awesome. Watching him drive around the field was really cool. 
But I mean, again, that was a back and forth game. And I thought the fans in the atmosphere was great. Like they were into it. It was loud. We had to leave in like the sixth or seventh inning. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought the crowd was really good that night. Obviously the kick in the dick later, you know, kind of hurt, but you know, I, and I don't know what to expect for the last three games of the, of the year that Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday versus the Jays, you know, that'll be I interesting. The crowds are bad. Yeah. Which again, like, it, I mean, based on, based on the Detroit crowds and based on the fact the team is really no longer in the playoff race, I bet those crowds are going to be bad. I mean, yeah. unless the weather's unbelievable. I know. Which I I'm, bet thinking, it's not gonna be. I'm thinking like 10 or 11, you know, we're yeah. right around there where it's just like, all right, well, and I, I think it sucks to see him flounder out like that. The crowd. I think they'll now have an entire off season to continue to switch this narrative about the team. And I'm sure the crowds at the beginning of next year will be good. And I honestly applaud them. I think that they've, done a very good job on their social media and 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 things like that of rebranding the guys again you know, with their personality and the and you know they have a a good you know all the stuff we've praised them you know and the improvements there over and over and over and obviously we all of us know people over there and and applaud their work but it's honestly if i was them just more motivation to be like all right like you guys are still aren't going to show up like let's put even more into this like we'll convince you like we have the players now we'll have the hype now I just, I thought they just, I thought they kind of flipped the narrative a little bit. And that crowd just in there for a Friday night game when like, you know, even like colleges are back. So you would think that like you'd have college kids coming down. I don't know if they'd still do the traditional student night, to be honest. I'm not totally up on like all the ticket deals, but mm -hmm. you know, easy thing to get down and do that night. I just, and I even like had multiple different like friends groups going. So I was like, oh, this is going to, this could be like a, this is going to be like 32 thousand people in here and it's going to be kind of rocking and i walked in there and i was like where this is not what i expected i just expected to be there there to be a little buzz in the park mm -hmm. and 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 combination of factors i'm sure but i hope that there's a i hope that next year going into the year there's just more orioles games that feel like events again because those have been so few and far between and every rate obviously it's football it's less games and couples a similar way um when it just has that event, like it's the place you've got to be feel. I thought the Orioles had crept a little bit into that. Young players and likable players like Mateo guys, like the Orioles have exciting players to watch mm -hmm. Mateo and Adley and, and, and Tony Taters and all these different guys. Tony Taters. I, just, I mean, I mean, he's been unbelievable yeah, the last yeah, week. Incredible. Like I said, and, he's silently, he's number, he's fifth in the AL in home runs right now, which yeah. I mean, he's, he's a monster. I just, I just wanted to throw that. I thought it was, I was interested to see what you guys thought because I just was like, ah, oh, you know, just thought this would, this would feel a little bit more like, you know, an event tonight. And, um, it wasn't totally there. So I hope that there's more there and it's, and that's not a shot at the Orioles. It's not for a lack of trying and all the people trying to do that right now, you know, aren't at fault for, I guess unless unless you're talking about Michael Elias, aren't at fault for losing 100 games year after year. That's not even necessarily Michael Elias' fault. He had to change the organization, and sometimes you, you go through bad things to get to good. But cannot wait for opening days here. I think that the introductions on the orange carpet are going to be electric and all that different stuff. But um, so yeah, I guess not necessarily a call out to the fan base, but I was just like, ah, oh, this is like I would have thought we were like in the trenches for the last stand of the team, which those you know three weekend games really were. I mean, that was trying to figure out if you could still get there. Yep. But yeah, and and shout out to I was gonna end it with that, but shout out to Anthony Santander. What a what an incredible story he is. And I we've mean, talked about we I feel like we've had a week for like all of these guys. We've talked about Mateo and we've talked about the young players, we've talked about the pitching staff, and we haven't given Santander his like 
run of where we talk about these guys for three minutes and praise them insane what he's doing right now. He, I mean, he, he very quietly is like turned into a very, very good baseball player. Like he was a gold glove candidate in 2020. And like, he, he was always like, Oh yeah, he's, he's good. Like he's okay. And he, I mean, he had his, he had his ups and downs, but like this year he's walking much more. And again, the power is just, I mean, he's 33 home runs. I think he's again, the last before tonight, I think he's six home runs in the last four games, like the multi home run games were, had it Saturday. I think he had it uh, Monday and then I think Tuesday too. So like he was, yeah, he was unbelievable, unbelievable to watch. And again, it sucks because they're, they're Owen. Well, now they're one and nine, I believe one and nine or yeah. One and nine in his multi home run games, which was always after Saturday when they lost and he had his two home runs, they, they, they fell to zero and eight when he hits more than uh, multiple home runs, which is an, was an insane stat. Oh, and eight when you hit more than one home run is crazy, especially just for one guy. So, yeah, he's been really good. And again, I, I just everyone now just wants to see them get two more wins, like just get to 82, the road to 82. So they finish above 500. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they can do that. Shout out to him. Hopefully, I can't wait for this Orioles team to run it back next year. It's gonna be very fun. Very, very fun. Uh, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, Fed Thrill sunglasses. Yes, it's getting a little bit chillier, but the sun was certainly out on a beautiful fall Saturday, fall feeling Saturday, and sunglasses were needed as the sun came down. It was out at a brewery, and could have used some Fed Thrills. Could have used some Fed Thrills at, at that at that time. So twenty percent off. Use the promo code Exit Fifty Two, the podcast that we are currently podcasting on, to get your twenty percent off. Sports lingo is the topic we had bandied this around amongst our uh, group chat for a couple of weeks and we are going to do it um now we already have our draft for next week i think we're doing best tandems or duos or whatever next week we had that as a topic yeah so so we're really planning in advance as opposed to planning these three hours before the show um so (laughs) applaud us for that listeners banks you have the first pick rdt you have the second pick i have the third pick banks you'd start off uh, I'm going to take probably the most lingo extensive sport. I think, did, did you mention one? We're doing one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. The, 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 uh, the rules there can't double dip on a sport. So you, every sport is available. We can only use it once. Yes, 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 yes. I'm taking spoon with lacrosse. I just, I like to have fun with a lacrosse crowd. I'm not necessarily a lacrosse guy, but I understand it. I know the sport well enough, but they just love, like them using the word spoon to describe a stick. I don't know why I love it so much. I just love like when it's on TV and you just see a bunch of people in the stands with their spoons. It's like, <laughs> like, can you imagine going to a hockey game and watching people with their hockey sticks up in the crowd? Like, it's just such a funny scene to me. It's just like laxers just love to bring their spoons places. Do I have I my spoon, spoon? I got to see if I got my spoon in here real quick. I just love to say spoon and just talk about, oh, did you bring your spoon, bro? Yeah. Taylor's going to get a spoon. Spoon's a good one. Like you always hear it in high school too. Like, you know, kids walking through the hallway be like, and then you always had like a teacher being like, you can't put that down. They're like, Oh, it's just, it's my spoon. Like I know I got it's it. Good, it's, bro. Spoon, it's, bro. Like, it's like an extension of me. Bro. <laughs> Coach said, I have to keep it on me. Like I gotta, I gotta work on my cradling. That's there it is. Oh, geez. Get the mitts out too. Yeah. I got my spoon. I got my spoon here. Now this is just some classic stuff. These are the Calvert Hall fresh off lacrosse. That was the highest level I could play. But here are the Calvert Hall fresh off lacrosse gloves. I'm sure those smell right here. fantastic. 
at old some old school STX, <laughs> which someone in our office called STX sticks today. That's just someone's oh, not from here. No, it's <laughs> a bit of a tough scene. Um, so I got there the I pros. This is from like 2010 or something. But then we got an Under Armour. I bought an Under Armour stick. The Under Armour doesn't make sticks anymore, actually. So, but um, got the spoon here. I might just pod. I might just do the draft with my spoon right here. The rest of the see if I can just knock over here. your mic when you go to create. Yeah, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna not. Well, and I, but yeah, I had firm mic troubles for the pod. So if I break my mic here again, these guys are gonna kill me. Um, I also can't type with the gloves on, <laughs> so that's an issue. But spoon's a great pick. Spoon's a great pick. other other things you can call stick, which we won't go into yet. Maybe they get picked in this draft. So I try to cradle here without knocking anything over. Spoons, spoons I probably look like I have no skill. I actually am better at lacrosse than this would indicate, but it's just kind of hard. I to... can't tell if there's a ball in there or not. There's not. There's that would be that would be dangerous. <laughs> I do have a ball somewhere down here, but I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go find it again. Uh, RDT. Oh man, this is tough. First round, dude. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm going to, do I want to take that? Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, I'm going to go Sinbin for, we'll we'll go hockey. I think Sinbin, like, it's just, it's such a class. And again, you could use it for lacrosse. You can use it for, you know, any, anything else with a penalty box. But when they call the penalty box a Sinbin, it's like, oh, it's two in the Sinbin. It's just, it's it always like has just resonated with me. I think it's very funny. It, it, it gets me every time. So very, very clever. It's short. It rhymes. It's just Sinbin. Very funny. I cannot figure out a way to prop this correctly. There we go. Oh, the you Calvert like Hall I, logo. You look like you're like senior picture. Like, like over here. <laughs> the Calvert Hall logo. Yeah, very like, future. I should put one of these gloves on the uh, on the old backdrop here, which I, my backdrop is way off center here. I have not did a great job. Um, Simbin's a good pick. I am going to take. Um, I'm going to take maybe an obvious one, but is I feel like maybe that's not as much like lingo in the spirit of this draft. I can't decide. I'm just going to go get the ones I, I really want. I'm going to take nutmeg first. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, classic and stalker and, and then kind of happens can happen in other sports as well. Um, and then I'm going to take a newer one. I'm going to take a newer one sort of to the scene here. That's become popular. I'm going to take from formula one. I'm going to take push, push. I'm going to take push, push. That's a good one. <laughs> push, push, bucks, bucks. I guess someone could take bucks, bucks. I don't think. Um, maybe I'll just take push, push, bucks. Push, push. So I'm going to take push, push and nutmeg. Um, a little off the wall there, sport-wise. But I really, I like both of those. I like saying both of those. There's a ton of good soccer ones. I don't think you guys are probably going to get into soccer, maybe. You're not soccer guys. A lot of good soccer lingo. A lot of good soccer lingo. Nutmeg being my favorite. RDT. Um, bu- 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 bum. does ball don't lie? Does that count? Is it more of an idiom? I'm fine with it. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. All right, we'll do ball don't lie for for, and that that'll be my basketball one, my NBA one. Well, you could say, I mean, it, it's it's it became popular from from Rashid Wallace. But, I'm fine with ball don't lie, but yeah. but I mean, people you say it in everything the the. The Howie Kendrick home run was a ball don't lie in the World Series. Um, you see it in NFL all the time. Guy guy misses a field goal after like a, a call goes the wrong way. Ball don't lie. But there's nothing like it, like a good ball don't lie in the NBA. Miss free throws after a phantom foul or something like that. And 
again, obviously that's what Rashid Wallace made it famous for. And bald on lie is just a great thing to say. It's a very, a very, a good, a, a nicely placed bald on lie that will get a crowd go like a group of guys going like no other, like a good, just a good bald on lie. It's a good pick. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Banksy. I'm going to dive into football here. Anybody who's ever played it has heard their offensive line coach use either this phrase or use the word in it. Put a hat on somebody. I just love offensive line coaches is talking about, hey, the pulling guard, he's got to get over there and put a hat on somebody. Hat on, hey, hat, on a hat, hat on a hat. Hat on a hat. Yeah, hat on a hat. Hat on a hat. I love yeah. people on, a, on kickoff coverage. Like, hey, get to that guy, put a hat on somebody. Hey, when you – finish your block there you got to get to the second level put a hat on somebody like i just love the phrase put a hat on somebody it's a good pick so yeah i'm taking that and then um i just have so many from baseball i don't know which one i'm gonna pick here um i don't know why i've grown to love this one in particular but it's just a dick baller just somebody who just throws, <laughs> just lops up. It's hard for me to talk about it without throwing use another. <laughs> other potential picks out there. But guys are just lopping meat in there. They're just throwing pus. They're just dick ball. And they're just throwing balls right down the middle dick high. It's it's just a dick ball. Or just a, usually a generic righty who just, he just, nothing special. He's probably got some dinky curveball and a, and a shitty change up, but most of all, he just throws something flat over the top, right down the middle of Dick Baller. The ball, though. The ball, uh, I, I would be curious to see how many times the, the phrase Dick Baller was muttered in 2014 with a ball, though. Yeah. He, he definitely went through a big Dick Baller phase, as did pretty much the Orioles for two decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyone who put on a, an Orioles uniform. Denny yeah. Ponson was a little bit of a Dick Baller. Miguel Miguel uh, Gonzalez after after some time certified dick baller. Yeah. Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Dylan Bundy, dick baller. Dick baller. Yeah. Still a dick Dylan baller. Bundy. Gave up a huge home run to Trout the other night. Oof. Who? They don't talk about him anymore, do we? I don't Taylor, know who that Taylor doesn't talk about him. I don't know what we're talking about. He's the new Bruno, which if you haven't seen in Kanto, then you got it. Step it up. Bruno Mars? No. Encanto. No, I know. I just didn't know what we were talking about initially, so I I, it's hard for me to even participate I, in this I conversation. Know. I know. <laughs> RDT. Is, did you do – you did two of them? You did two. All right. I'm going this one for, for NFL. Pigskin. Just – Yeah. The pigskin. That's, that's what it is. Tossing the old pigskin around. Hold on to the pigskin. That's just a classic. Again, you know what it is when you hear it. It's just it's the pigskin. It's definitely not made of real pigskin. I don't know what it's made out of, but I'm sure at one time it was made out of pigskin. Like that's when the Browns won all their championships when it was like pigskin. But it's just a classic. Feels good to say. That's a good one. That's a very good one. It's very simple one. There's a lot of simple football ones. I'm gonna just keep it in other random sports just to kind of vary this thing. Uh, I'm going to go firmly in. I'm going to go to MMA and then to boxing so I can get two of these in because they're two separate sports for and MMAs is unique to MMA. I'm going to go ground and pound mm. um, for MMA, which has sort of also made its way into football as a like the Ravens are a ground and pound team because they're on. All right, I'm putting this stick down. 
Um, <laughs> putting my spoon down. Um, so I'm going to go ground and pound first. I just, just a, just a great term that or slang that MMA has brought kind of brought into the, into the, uh, into the four there. So I'm going to do that. And then for boxing, I've always liked this one. This might be a little off the wall. Uh, I'm going to take glass jaw. The fighter has a glass jaw. I've always thought that was like a great, great summation for someone that can't take a punch. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that as well. Couple of couple of combat sports here. Um, I like that. Near towards the middle of the draft. Uh, RDT. This is my last. Or no, I have two more. Yeah, you have yeah, two more. All right, I'm going baseball. I'm going dong. Just dong mm. for a home run. There's many. There's many good things you can call a home run. Yeah, I couldn't even decide between a lot of them. It's hard. Dong, dong is growing near and dear to my heart, so I had to. I had to pick. I that figured one. you were going to take that. Yeah. Again, there's a lot. There, there are a lot of good baseball ones, but tons. Dong. Dong is the one. Dong is the one for me. I'm moving all my baseball ones out. Banks. Of my list. Uh, I'm going to go to hockey. I'm going to take waffle board. I don't know why I love that one either, but it's just a goal to use my blocker pad. He's waffle board with that one. There's another hockey one that I thought you were going to take. You're a big fan of it. Fuck. Like, I would let you redo it and take that one. I don't know who, who you're talking about. I don't, I mean, I'll, I could tell you after. I don't know if you Taylor, want to. Yeah, Taylor yeah, Taylor hasn't taken any hockey ones, so I can't yeah. even do it. Uh, it'll, be in my, it'll be in my honorable, men- honorable mentions. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to move along. Between two things that I like very much, sports that is. I'm gonna take tops and darts. Mm, tops. Just love a good announcer. Just going tops. And tops is so good. 20. Tops is great. I thought there were maybe some other ones in that sport I might go with, but I'm gonna go with tops just because I just love the announcer yelling it right before he hits it. Yeah. Very, very good one. I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for the barrage of darts to come. I figured those were those are going to be yeah. hot and heavy. Um, I'll go airmail for cornhole. Just a good airmail. You just wow. just sink it right in. Nothing like an airmail. Wait, you sink it in, and that's considered an airmail. Well, when you when you toss it, not not over. I thought it would just be a throw where it's straight over the board, like. No, no, no. This is like straight in. Wow. Airmail. It's not the same connotation as airmail with all the other sports. Not like an air ball. Airmail. Yeah. yeah. Airmail is Jared. Was it Jared Jack in basketball? Or was it somebody else? Similar name where he just threw the, the full court shot at the buzzer and it just went. Oh, it goes like, like yeah, like 20 rows deep. deep. That yeah. is an Madison air Madison Square Garden, I think it is. Yeah, that's yeah. an airmail to me. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. But I don't know. I was looking it up and Cornhole said it was a, it was a, an in. I've heard it said before, too. So we'll run with that airmail. 
Can't say I played a lot of cornhole. So really, I played a lot of cornhole. It's a big brewery game. I thought you. No, well, I'll get to my brewery experience. Um, in Nick Cater medley, (laughs) I'm gonna go wrestling, and I'm gonna take. There's a lot of great wrestling lingo. I'm gonna take jobber as a guy that just jobs out to a uh, to a better. There's so many good ones. I almost a couple other ones, but I'll take jobber because I think it's a funny word. What does that mean? Can you explain that? A jobber is like a guy put out there to lose to a guy that's clearly better. Like you're so just like the Washington so like if I'm just generals. Sort of yes, yes, yes. It's enhancement talent is the uh, is another way to say that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is the local guy. It's like they're they don't get a ring entrance, and John Cena just comes out and kills them. Got it to make them look better. Yeah. Got it. That's a jobber. So I will throw that on at the end. This could have been a forty round draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Banks took spoon. Also could have taken twig or twag. Um, twag. <laughs> twag. That's yeah. Sinbit. Oh, sorry. Banks took spoon. Put a hat on somebody. Put a hat on somebody. Should say that with some emotion. Dick Baller. Um, waffle board and tops. RDT took Sinbin. Ball don't lie. Pigskin. Dong. Dong. And airmail. I took nutmeg. Push, push. Ground and pound, glass jaw, and jobber to just stay with a bunch of meat sports for the entire time. <laughs> Except for soccer, biggest sport in the world. Uh, I mean, it, honorable mentions can go on for days here. I'm shocked neither of us took a golf one, Brian. That's really the only shock of the That draft. was what I was up against. There's just too many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't – I can't think of one that I'm, like, really enamored with right now. Other than, like, I don't know why I like saying double cross. I, I mean, albatross is a very, very good – slang yeah term. but it's almost like a term in itself like it's an actual yeah. term sort of i had chili yeah. dip chili dip was was my other golf one that i was close to taking just a chunk just a big chunk near the green yeah tiger went through uh, a little chili dip phase fried egg mm, whatever yeah fried egg i had hosel rocket hosel rocket uh yeah. i'd bump and I, run Bump and run. Yeah, bump and run's a good one. Uh, I'll just go through a couple. Uh, cheap shot, fumble, uh, move the goalpost, hang time, hat trick, just calling basketball hoops. Um, a couple soccer ones, Howler, Brace, and Worldy. Um, four check, I felt like slang to me. Um, shred, send it, yard stale, stomp, some action sports stuff in there. Um, and then... Sale drafting and a car being loose and um mm, racing and then i've always loved in tennis a person being referred to as a counter puncher like when they're just a baseliner that just stands there and gets everything back i've always thought that was a cool way to describe something so just a couple there i don't know if you guys have any ones you want to go through i got i got some i got lid for a helmet or you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah lid, and that, Is that, that what it been- was for that was my like NFL, like people call it a lit or I guess at NHL too, but like a lit. Hockey, yeah. yeah. Um, biscuit, just calling like the ball the biscuit. Yeah. You know, football or even uh hockey. That is that, that's yeah. hockey. Yeah. yeah. Um cheese, top shelf, like yeah. Any of those uh chi- upper 90. Yep, calling teeth chicklets, clapper. I clapper is a good one too. Like clapper is a good one. Um I had called the first down marker sticks, like always short of the sticks. I, I love that. I don't know why. That That's a good one, too. 
just yeah gosh, like i think i think i was watching the sunday night game it was like oh short of the sticks and i just like oh yep they gotta get that one down um dot for an outside pitch you know right on the black just like oh he dotted it on the black yeah on the black um alley-oop i think is a really good one could have been taken um yep. boards just for bass just for rebounds bricks obviously um hitting into the bunk just calling the bunker the beach like i, I that that beach, always yeah that always plays um i thought hack a shack i didn't know if oh, p- putting putting a ball into the drink also yeah, a good the, one the for drink. Uh, yep yeah watery grave yep um lunch ball it's calling a mulligan a lunch ball a breakfast ball lunch yeah. ball um baltimore chop can of corn calling calling like a well hit with just like a cookie i like cookie yeah cookie on there um and then i just had like ace for pitcher just like that was sure it's always so cool when you can be like i need that's the ace he's just their 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 ace so that was it for me though baseball i had duck fart i had ham and eggs i had piss rocket seeds cookie dick ball just the singular instead of the performer i said dick ball yeah, and pus, pus is just somebody's up there throwing pus. He ain't throwing nothing. Um, three jack is a little golf one for you. Um, I had spider spider two white banana on my mm-hmm. list. I thought that might have been a good one. Maybe I should have taken that. Um, I kind of blanked on on this one to be honest. I thought I was gonna have a lot just kind of flowing out of me. Maybe some more. It's hard ones. because you think about lingo and it's so becomes so a part of your normal vernacular that you don't think about you have it. To as like a manufacture like the situation yeah. for yourself or you're thinking of it. I'm like shocked you took spoon stinger, number one. Stinger, uh, flight it down, hooded. I hit a hooded iron in there. It's little stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, you know, like you talk about it's hard to come up with them. And like you look at Big Cat coming up with Yabo, like Yabo is a perfect one, too. Like, that's great. Yeah. You got to just create your own. Like, you just got to yeah. be creative like that. So. Good draft. Send us ones we might have missed. I'm sure there's ones we did. I mean, we the, the, we could go on this forever. A bunch of different sports. Aluminum power. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Nick Kinder Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDC. Um, I'm just gonna go with oh, this is tough. I don't know. I think I'm just gonna go with hoodies. Like, I think it's the perfect hoodie weather now. You've got it on, like I wore mine all day. It's the perfect, like, even though again, like I take Joe to daycare in the morning, it's 55 degrees, and then yeah, go out to get the mail at lunchtime and it's 70, but it's like, it's all right. It's still cool. I'm in a hoodie. It's a, it's a nice, comfortable, it's a nice, comfortable time to be in a hoodie. It's the perfect shorts, shorts and hoodie weather, shorts and long sleeve. Like that's just the best time of the year. So we'll go, we'll go hoodie. I should just piggyback off him. Do it. I'm taking chili. Mm-hmm. It's chili season. I declared it tonight. It is chili season in a big way. Uh, Homegirl made me some chili uh, in a crock pot. We got some meals lined up for the next couple of days. Um, weather's starting to turn down a little bit. It's going to be a rainy weekend. So get them crock pots out of storage and get them going because it is chili season officially. I had thought about making chili this week, like on my way home from somewhere. And I was like, oh, I could do, we could do like chili. Like I could definitely. There's I could a chance do that. it's a little early, but like once you get that first whiff of cool fall air, it's like chilling me yeah I mean, yep. chili. 
Yep. That's what I was. I was excited when I saw your tweet and I was like, all right, it's, Oh uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, we it's can, good. Time we can now. go. It's yep. good time. Absolutely. I mean, I guess we'll do this for like the third consecutive year on this podcast. I'm not a big chili guy. You're just missing out. I don't know. I don't understand how you don't like chili. Yeah, I've just never been a big, big chili guy. Big, huge fan of the chili. Have but you, I love, I appreciate your guys' love for it. So good. Um, beans or no beans, Taylor? I mean, what, what's, what's, yeah, what's the whole thing? I think I'm trying to both. I just don't, I don't know if I've just had, I think there is, like, this is not a definitive opinion. I think that, like, there is room for me to find the specific concoction of chili that firmly, you know, grabs me and brings me into this chili seemingly is a love affair for so many people. So I'm not saying that's not possible at this point in my life. I just haven't had someone give me the chili. Um, and I know there's different ways to do chili, right? Like there's just, you know, you have like the Cincinnati chili. You just have different chilies, Turkey and, chili. There's white chili. Yeah. There's- so I think, I, and maybe, maybe it's just me being a little more open to, you know, bringing in chili into my life and putting my arms around it and, and, you know, really sinking, you know, both literally and figuratively sinking my teeth into it and, 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 and coming into this, this world with you guys, the chili world, you know, I, I think that's possible. And maybe it's this winter, maybe, you know, maybe Brian, I come over and, and this weekend and we have some chili together. I don't know. Maybe we do that. Possibly. Maybe, maybe we find um, a, Maybe we we all find a certain barbecue place that has some. Uh, yeah, like maybe the three of us go get chili together. So let's do that. I let's do a chili. I have a place. I don't, you know, free ads as to where I think has the best chili in this immediate area, Taylor. Yeah. And now that I think about it, oh no, it's not where we're playing anymore. Fuck. We'll figure it out. But I don't know that I've ever seen you. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen you eat Mexican food or like ground beef based things. I love I Mexican food off base on that. I, don't, I love I Mexican food. Remember. I will say I don't jump into it. I will eat ground based ground, ground based ground beef based Mexican dishes, but they are not my favorite of the Mexican dishes when I eat Mexican uh-huh. food. But I uh-huh. don't have anything against ground beef. I like ground beef. I, I there's none of the elements. That you, I just don't know what it is. I you don't love know. ketchup. It's like most tomato. Like it's a yeah, tomato based this, dish. This is what I'm saying. This, so, this is my spice, entire point. Spice thing. No, I I like spicy food. No, I don't. No. I don't know. It's, I also feel like this is like we're just breaking you down. Like like we're psychiatrists. Like no, yeah. I think it's a fair thing. I just this is what I'm saying. I don't know if I've just ever committed to being a chili guy. And at this point, it's just everyone else or every all these other people are chili people. And so I'm just what I'm saying is I think there is room for me to, you know, by springtime, we have a look back in March, we're doing a pod and chili season is coming to an end. And I say, guys, I've really flipped the script on chili. I like eating chili now. That is 100 percent in the in the cards. Like maybe I go to a tailgate at some point in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks. And that's what I was thinking. You know, there's a crock pot of chili yeah. there. And I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm jumping in there. I'm getting some chili. It's cold. I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, four beers deep. And I just like hammer some chili. Like that's possible that that happens. It's also possible that I continue down this road of no chilidom, <laughs> of 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 chili chililess life. That's also possible. I mean, that's what imagine I've been doing a chili, chilliness, chili. That's not, not to really put you less. Not to put life. you on blaster, Taylor, because I'm in the same boat. But you don't have the most mature of palates out there. I think we can agree on that. I think that is an unfair, unfair. Like you don't eat vegetables. Like I, I, I. I <laughs> oh, that's that's cap. 
<laughs> I ate Don't throw that allegation back out Back-to-back there. days on last Thursday and Friday at a rehearsal dinner and a wedding, I ate both my salads in full. I would Ooh. say does ch- not a big ch- deal. Would chili be a something that gives you a diverse palate, though? I would almost argue the other way. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> relatively speaking, like you seem to have things that are your things and you love them. And I'm, well, the I'm a, exact I, way. It's, it's less of a I think it's less of a diverse palate and more of a I just go with the things that I know on food wise, because like once you settle it on a food order and you know it's going to be good. But I, I don't think I'm I'm not unwhling to try something like okay. you guys stuck chili in front of me. I'm not like beating it off with a stick. I'm right. going in there and I'm scooping Where, the chili up and I'm eating it. And then Where I'm deciding I was going if I like that it. is that yes, like I came around to chili. It's mm-hmm. been the last two or three years, especially the last two years, I would say. I've I I matured into chili is not I don't know if that's really the right word. That's kind of the angle I was going at, but maybe that's not the right way to go about it. But Chili as I've come around to chili, I suppose. I will. And I beans will, in the chili. I was not into beans, and now I'm like, oh yeah, the beans they ain't hurt nobody. I I don't like beans. Like I don't eat them in Mexican restaurants or Chipotle, but I will eat them in. I in, do like beans. Like I have black black beans, chili. pinto beans. I like both. Um, Banks. I will say this, and I tried this with Will Compton when when he posted this. The peanut butter sandwich in the chili, dipping it into it, is fantastic. I, I love peanut butter sandwiches. Just the just tonight saying like, "Hey, add add some peanut butter into that chili, and you you'll thank me later." And I was like, "I yeah. believe it. I believe it." He he like peanut butter is so good. Oh, it's the it's best. just so good. It's, it's so very good. very good. He it's but good, will lead substance. Will had like tweeted it like two years ago, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like that's what we used to eat before football game." Blogged it, and I was yeah. like. I don't know that that was blog worthy. Like it's an interesting thing, but it's not like a crazy thing to do. And then I tried it and I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, now I get it. Like this is, yeah. Like if I grew up in Missouri, like where Will did playing high school football, it's exactly what I would be eating. Cause I thought it was crazy at first. I was like, yeah, it's gross. Like tomato to be Missouri, because it seems like a Midwest, like a flyover state thing, you know, like it seems like that's all those big boys eat out there. It's like, oh yeah, we just eat our chili and peanut butter. But yeah, it's it's very good. Someone else said cinnamon rolls and and um chili because again, it's that sweet and sa- it's the sweet. Cinnamon. Like the- I'm not in. I'm not big on cinnamon based. Oh, oh I'm chili. I'm a big cinnamon roll no, guy. I'm not sweet I, guy. I like it spicy. I'm eating. I'm eating at least two cinnabons a day. Mostly just cleaning up what JoJo does. Oh, I like cinnamon daycare. rolls for sure. I yeah. love cinnamon rolls, but I'm talking about in the chili. Cinnamon rolls. Oh cinnamon. yeah. I, oh. Cinnamon based chili is not for me. No, no, no. I, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'll put it in, yeah. but I don't I don't lean on it as a crutch, but check that right in my veins. Cinnamon Overall, rolls. I think the 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 to sum up this conversation, chili is good. Chili is good. I think right. you and yeah, you the three good. of us, the three of us find a time to go get chili together. I think that I would, would be wonderful. love to get chili with you okay. guys. That'd we be wonderful. That. That'd be wonderful. We should figure that out. We'll we'll put Maryland we'll put hoops, let's go to hard times. I was going to say hard times. Oh, I good. love hard times. See, this is the thing. I don't get the chili at hard times because the buffalo chicken at hard times is moi. Oh, and the wings, the Texas wings are so good. The Texas wings are so good. Hard, They're so good. We, I think we've talked about hard times at some point. Yeah, I worked there for like a year. You did. Hard yeah. times is, I think hard times is under franchised. It's open one. I would love to. Roy Rogers. I love hard times. Roy Rogers, by the way, a tough scene for Roy's at Stamp Student Union (laughs) when I say that photo. So I was sending the RDT, I was sending these guys our group chat, which is pretty much all people that went to Maryland. 
um, mostly. And I was like going around to the lines at each of the places of the student union at Maryland. And Chick-fil-A is like the, oh, it's the, just an oh insane, insane line. And then I just turned to Roy's just no one at Roy's. Well, it's because no, they, they, they don't have a fixings bar, right? They do have the fixings bar. It's in there. Is it open? It's it's yeah. They have a fixings bar. Yeah. I don't know and if the one in Burtonsville. You is guys should there. be doing a promotion with them for the gold rush games. I mean, that's they wanted they wanted to do sponsorship and stuff, and I don't know what they're doing now. Um, for those that went to Maryland that are listening to the show that haven't been down right now, the current status of Stamp is Roy Rogers, Salad Works, Moby's Freestyle, Union Pizza. <laughs> they add the freestyle to that. It's so funny. <laughs> it just literally says on the sign outside, like we'll whip How up anything do, you kids? want. <laughs> yeah, so it was our. Uh, Panda Express, Cadova, Abachi, and Chick Fil A is the Panda. full and stand and it, Subway at Turp Zone. It used to be Panda, Taco Bell, Chick Fil A, all three next to each other. And yeah, I would with, bang, and bang, they bang, and then they like, stuck Chick-fil-A in. They would stuck be so in. swamped, and I love all three. And I'd just be like, "Well, I'm not gonna stand in this line. I would just get one of the other two. They had Auntie Anne's in there as well for a little bit. They added that. Oof. I believe late of when I was in college and that was in there for a while when I was out. And then it used to be Villa pizza in the pizza spot. Now it's union pizza and famously used to be McDonald's in the Roy Rogers spot. Now Roy Rogers. So there's a bar in the mix there early on. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. Sabaro, not Villa. Sabaro. Excuse me. It was Sabaro. It's Sabaro, not Villa. That my, that's my mistake. It was Sabaro the whole time until, yeah, I used to get a, like two slices. This is disgusting. I used to get two pepperoni pizza and get their like Chipotle dip and just dip the slices into the, it was disgusting. It was so, so disgusting. Ah, stamp. I love stamp. Um, my Nick Kinder medley, Maryland person of the week, kind of just building off of your guys is just, this like two to three week stretch of these, you know, 65 to seven degree, did you, yeah, 65 to 75 degree high days are incredible. Like Saturday was such a nice day. Like just being outside after I watched the Terps, um, just such just, and you just, we don't get a lot of this weather and we've had some soccer games under the lights in, in this weather. Like the Sunday soccer game was just perfect soccer weather at Maryland. And uh, I just love that weather. So, um, it will go away soon enough here, but, um, yeah. Any honorable mentions? Oh, damn it. I just had one and I forgot. Home girl for making chili. Mm, good move there. Um, spotted Cal again. I went to a Wisconsin wedding before mentioned. I'm going to give it to Jim Cantori for not dying in Hurricane Ian. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's out there. What is that? Jimmy, baby. We got to stop putting these guys out in the middle of these hurricanes. Can I, can I, can can I, can I make that was the popular thing to say on Twitter? Like, if those guys want to go out there and throw themselves in the mix, that's on them. If if you're going to work for the Weather Channel, I have no sympathy for Jim Cantori. If he, if this is his brand, if he's going to go out and be a storm hunter and stand well, out there and try not to Jim Cantori is if he doesn't do this shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, why he's are just we a psychopath. We know, we know that hurricanes are, or the wind is fast. Oh, yeah. and, do, and do we, do, do, do the, do the 14 year olds growing up on Jim Cantori seeing a big hurricane for the, by the way, this hurricane is insane. How long are you going to text me that, saying, is anybody else watching weather channel right now? Only when Jim Cantor is out. Only there when Jim Cantor is, and that's what I sent today. I sent you guys. I was like, "Is anyone? Watch? We have the we have a TV in our office in Maryland, and we had 
the weather channel on and Kentori's out there getting hit by tree branches. And I'm like, this is riveting television. I mean, him like coming back in. And the best part is like, you're just like camera person, go out and help him. And the camera person is wiping off the lens. <laughs> just so good. Just well, so the one, the one today. Also, so- it's all the same people. It's Jim Cantori, Stephanie Abrams, and Mike Seidel. It's the same three people on the Weather Channel for 20 years. It's just been these same people out there in the storms. It's like you just you just know them, and they pop up every couple of years when you get a big storm. You watch them at all the same places. They're at Cape Hatteras. They're at you know North Carolina. They're mm-hmm. down on this. They're down on you know in Louisiana or Mississippi, or they're on the other side of Florida. And yeah, yeah, they're in all these the same places, and they just do what they do but this stuff is scary man i mean prayers to all those people down there like that i mean that is the storm surge is un insane i mean it's like some of the pictures from katrina like when Mm -hmm. the water was but shout out to jim shout out for shout out to jim for going down and reporting the news the the best was that one clip and he's trying to like catch his breath or he's like just give me a minute and his go you hear them from the studio like hey jam you okay it's like, what do you? Yeah, he's like, no, Jimmy, he's all right? Okay. <laughs> no, he's not okay. Why would you ask that question? <laughs> like, no, I'm not all right. He's standing at 75 degree winds, and y'all are sitting in makeup and a fucking in a studio. So very funny. Um, yeah, so I, I got a shout out to Jim. I got a shout out to Jim. That uh, this is his moment. I mean, this is his moment, and he's. I have to give Banks credit for this. He texted when I texted the Jim Cantore clip and said, Jim Cantore is going to go out like the crocodile hunter, <laughs> which is a very funny line. Died, died. Go out on top. He's going to go out on a legend. Yeah. It will Almost not like, shock uh, me. Who are those, uh, the Vegas performers with the Lions? Oh, um, 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 is that uh, Penn and Teller? Penn and Teller, yeah. And the one guy. No, Sigfried no, Sig- and Roy. Sigfried Sig- and Roy. That's what it was. Yep. Sigfried yep. and Roy. Yep. Penn and Teller is the, like, yeah. The, the comedian they magician. didn't die yeah. did they no well, well i think one of no, them no one of them uh they one i don't think died either from of them COVID. died i think he just got messed up i what? think by the tiger i think he just got messed up oh yeah, yeah he didn't die by the tiger yeah i'd be like um fauci dying of covid you know same thing <laughs> it's like they're both dead <laughs> are they <What>? both dead <laughs> yeah. breaking, breaking news For breaking him. news Wow. One of them oh. died January 13th, 2021, and the other one died one February 8th, 2020. Wow. That's pretty cool. Wow. From Let February 1st, 1990, until Horn's career ending injury on his birthday on October 3rd, oh. 2003, the duo formed Siegfried and Roy at the Mirage Resort and Casino, the regards the most visited show in Las Vegas. Wow. Did not realize both of them were dead. That is Let just us so be sad. The first two. Send our condolences. Yeah, Horn, uh, uh, Roy died of COVID, um, and Siegfried died of terminal pancreatic cancer. <laughs> Jesus, man. Jeez, died. Announced he had the cancer and died two days later. Eighty-one. Yeah, that's how pancreatic that is cancer so, is. That is so sad. Um. Right, yeah. What is? Here. Yeah. Two thousand three tiger incident. Seven-year-old white tiger named Manicor attacked. Roy, um, that was 20 years ago, almost 2003. Biting his sleeve, Roy swatted the oh. tiger and barked release while standby trainers unsuccessfully attempted to distract the cat with cubes of meat. Possibly <laughs> inside of a harm's retreat, the tiger leapt at him, swinging his legs and knocking him off his feet. As trainers rushed in from on stage, she says, The tiger bit into 
Roy's neck and dragged him off stage. Oh my lord in heaven! There has to be video of this somewhere. I would assume. I Probably you're is. watching RDT, you sicko. I watched it a hundred times. You're the one talking about it. <laughs> yeah. You brought it up. showed us that that kid dying on the on the amusement park ride. Oh, like, watch this video. That was crazy. So, you're yeah, gonna tell me who do you think you are? I am happened nine years after that happened. Apparently. Severed his spine, massive blood clots, severely injured other parts of his body. Ugh. Jesus. All right. <laughs> While being taken to the hospital, Roy stated. Manticore is a great cat. Make sure no harm comes to Manticore. What a hero. He he told People Magazine in September 2004, this is an insane quote, that Manticore saved his life by trying to drag him to safety after he had a stroke. I don't understand. He attacked the tiger. I mean, no disrespect to the tiger, but I mean, he attacked them. And maybe the Roy incited it. I mean, I don't want to speak for the tiger. I don't want to get anything from the tiger's lawyers, but, you know. Bizarre, bizarre. <laughs> what a way to end it. I think that might that might be that might be the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Should we? Are we just gonna do like this dead celebrity at the end of every episode? What a bookend! What a bookend! If you had told me both of them were dead, I would have said no. I would have said one of them was still alive. Yeah, no, I will go and onto wikipedia at some point sit down just get a whole list of them go year by year as to who died in a given year and i'll just pick out names and be surprised by them when i read them and i'll jot them all down and then every episode i will i will name drop somebody who died that you are going to be surprised by i like that i have to complete this the duo staged a final appearance with that tiger in 20 in 2009 what a moment. Yep. T- T- Tiger died in 2014. <laughs> yeah. Like like the other Detroit Tigers. Okay. Okay. Here you go. People people also ask when you Google Siegfried and Royd, what happened to the Tiger that mauled Siegfried and Roy? Are Siegfried and Royd still together? What injuries did Roy Horn suffer? And are Siegfried and Royd buried together? <laughs> 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 Um, you can make a case that maybe performing with lions and tigers is just not the smartest thing in the world to do i i mean it's the you we know how that story is going to end only one way this is the guy who just advocated for people chasing down hurricanes that's a fair point but that's but that's but this is what i'm saying i'm not saying it i'm not saying what cantori is doing is smart but as Siegfried and Roy or Siegfried and Roy, Jim Cantori is Jim Cantori. Right. So just, put that, put, you know, like, put that on a also, t-shirt. He also no, definitely not. Definitely not smart to stand in 140 mile an hour gusts as things fly around you at like a random parking garage in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm not promoting that as a thing that people should do. But if you're going to be Jim Cantori, you have to be in that storm, which is why I didn't understand people on Twitter being like, why are we sending these reporters down here? Like that's Jim Cantori. He's about that life, bro. He is about that life, and he's got to get out there and show us. I he will say the craziest – yeah, he is. The craziest thing was, like, some of the GoPros people had put on, like, seemingly like light posts or something with the storm surge. I mean, that is just – I mean, I would not want to – I mean, obviously, it just sucks for those people. Waste that, of a couple hundred bucks. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, seeing that, you watching that, and you've evacuated, and you want to put those people with a house down there? I mean, oh. Yeah. 
Can you guys name the worst hurricane in Maryland in the last 20 years? It's not um, Isabel, right? Isabella, is that it? Where I believe Isabel is the worst from a power outage standpoint in 2003. Me and my uh, family Mike- were, and Sandy was also not great. Sandy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael? But that was worse in New Jersey. Yeah. I think it's Isabel. I was going to say it's Isabel. I, that was not a uh, question. Right. It was more, more retort. But Isabel, me and my family were part of like the last half percent of people in the state to get power back. Lost it for eight days. I remember Sandy was like nothing for us. Remember, like New York was like flooding and Sandy was like, I was, oh, it's not I, on, I was on Long Island the morning that Sandy hit and in? I drove in on. We played club baseball. We played Hofstra at like Ooh. 9 a.m. on that Sunday. And then we just got out of Dodge. I went one way and some of the other cars went a different way where I like paid the 30 or $40 toll on the Brooklyn bridge or some other bridge. Well, I, don't, I don't know all the bridges and shit, but I got out like 45 minutes ahead of these other cars by taking this route. And they all got like slammed driving down a New Jersey turnpike by Sandy oh. and I beat it. And I got home and we went to the liquor store and we picked up hurricanes. We played, uh, we played hurricane hands as opposed to ever 40 hands. It's a great time. Just listen to Hurricane by Bob Dylan over and over. Basically, yeah. By the way, one last one last um, fun fact. Aaron Judge's home run would have been a ho- uh, home run in 29 of the 30 ballparks in, the major, <laughs> in major leagues. What is the it one? W- it would have hit the wall. <laughs> it would have hit the wall. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's great. What a joke. That's it for this week's episode of the X-52 podcast. What a show. What a show. Siegfried and Roy, shout out to them. Oh, RDT's reacting. He may have something else. I'm reading this. What do you think the name of the guy who missed catching Aaron Judge's home run ball is called? His name is. What do you think his name is? This is his real name. He owns an Italian restaurant. No clue. If, if, If there was a children's cartoon and the man owned an Italian restaurant, what would his name be? Mario, um, Mario Pirelli. Luigi, Mario you're, Petucci. You're close. You're 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 both very close. Mario Chipperillo, Chip- Frankie Mar- Lasagna, <laughs> Frankie Lasagna. That's his name. That's awesome. That's unbelievable. Uh, Frankie That's Lasagna. Awesome. Oh, oh Frankie now. Lasagna. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's great. Sorry, I had to get that one last. No, time. that's fine. That's fine. Right. It's a great way to end the show. Follow us on our social media channels at Touch My Ten at Barstool Banks at E D I T T I twenty two. You can follow X fifty two podcast and all the old social media platforms. Make sure to follow. Make sure to give us you know rate and review. Subscribe. Do all of those things if you haven't. If you're listening to the show, make sure to give us subscribe. Throw in a five star review on Apple. That helps the show. Um and at whatever podcast service if they've got reviews and ratings, throw us one. Always very good. I always we always forget to remind people of that but that's good for podcasts that still helps um and uh support all of our sponsors jimmy seafood has got some awesome things in the works for the tailgoat awesome things in the works so make sure to keep your eyes on some of that stuff um thread level midnight and uh fed thrills we talked about during the draft and we will see you next time the well we'll see you for the instant analysis on sunday on the x52 podcast presented by jimmy's seafood
you 